So uh, we are in a in a place I would call a happy place at the moment. We are in Spain, in a little village in the mountains, in a natural park, surrounded by nature, and it's it's still pretty early. Uh, the sun is just about to to rise, and uh, it's warm outside. Spanish October warm, and um, the question is, why is this a happy place? I know it's why it's a happy place for you because there's nature involved. Yeah. And you love nature. Yeah. It's in nature, but I have that in other places too. I think this place is also where we started a pretty important uh, a community for us. Um, 2016, was it? Four yeah. years ago? Embryonic in 2016, birth in 2017. <laughs> um, and um, I think, I mean, that was a manifestation of something that was very important. So connected to purpose, connected to to values that we both wanted to to live, I think. Mm. Um, so so back to happiness or or a happy place, I suppose. There are so many values that I live when I am in this particular place. Mm. So the place itself is beautiful. I don't think anybody would say anything else because it's such a pretty little village with with you know the 20 or 15 houses whatever uh, run by a family and it's hidden amongst the mountains so so it is pretty in itself but i do think it's all about the values that come alive here and the expansion of you know mm-hmm. living those values and we've been here what maybe i don't know anywhere between 5 and 10 times now and every time we come back here we're always here a little bit earlier than the rest of the people that join us and when we arrive here i mean when i i arrive in this village i always get a real sense of yeah joy it's an amazing feeling it feels like coming home and yeah which is quite funny because my my home home is london the biggest city in europe uh, and this is probably the first <laughs> the first you can get from urban life this is, uh, yeah, we're surrounded by animals and trees and, yeah. There's something, I think, when we when we get here that time stops mattering so much. So we do have a schedule here because usually we come with a group, so you do need to coordinate and have some kind of understanding of what are we doing, when are we doing it. But there's also this relaxation from constant time slots somehow hmm. there's a uh, this sounds weird because we we do have sessions that are timed hmm. an hour two hours whatever hmm. but the, i think the in between is just a complete presence i think we take it easier we we go a bit slower here hmm. i think time is less of an issue we don't mind as much when things don't go to the to the schedule, which we probably would if we were in Stockholm or in London or wherever. So thinking yesterday, we, I mean, I think we were supposed to have lunch at one and go hiking at two, and that all completely was much much later, right? So, and I don't feel at all because there's so much space; it's all fine. 
because mm. we have hours that we and it's this in the in the space i think in the space uh, the slowness the not booking everything in comes the the beauty of this this week we have here the dialogue the yeah. is there also something around less need for output in terms of efficiency and productivity which is very difficult to escape from normally i mean uh, i'm just thinking about how the mind is set how we are all wired in terms of making the most out of every single time unit we have so almost if if there is if there is play or holiday whatever we call it we almost need to maximize the fun part mm. which again makes it performance driven mm. and here it just slows down So we have on in the background we have the cockerel already. Um, you probably hear that, and now the fly. <laughs> so this is nature, yeah. This is nature, but you know maybe it's not caught on on the microphone. Yeah, you maybe. Know. We'll see. <laughs> we definitely we we notice it. <laughs> we notice it. So so I think um, when we started talking, we spent a f- few days here now, uh, and and just to see what is what is coming up. And one thing that we keep on coming back to is happiness, and and you know, as opposed partly you know purpose purpose of life as well. But you know, what what is happiness, and um, why is it important? I suppose, and how do you know you have it? And if you have it, uh, can you let go of it, knowing that it will come back? I mean, all sorts of quite quite philosophical, but also pretty practical things around happiness. Mm. So. What makes you happy? Nature is one thing. Mm. But but you could also say that it's presence because nature helps me to become presence and then I suppose appreciate the beauty of the world we're in. Um, nature is probably the quickest way for me to get there. I can get there through other, mm. also through art, for example, or music. But nature is such a quick one. Mm. It's immediate. So what is it about presence that makes you happy? Mm. Yeah, what is it? Is it the presence that makes me happy or is it just a combination of... Or maybe that's when I I really notice. I'm not not entirely sure. I think for me it's, uh, it's a checking in with what is in itself... The process of presencing mm. is part of happiness. I don't know. Does that sound weird? The no. process of becoming present or noticing that I'm present is part of my recipe for happiness. Mm. Yeah. Whatever is present. So the, the, what is present may not be pleasant, mm. but the appreciation for life or appreciation for life as part of presencing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I... For you? I um I think part of it is actually that when we uh well I, I know what I think I know what the answer is for me or to that question that I asked you. Because I also get very happy when I'm present. And what it, I think partly what it is is the absence of something in presence. So the absence of my 
the little voice in my head that tells me that I have to do something tomorrow or that I didn't do something right yesterday or that I am not good enough. Or I think in presence, I think that little voice is very quiet or absent completely. And the absence of that voice, uh, so the voices of judgment, the voices of criticism of myself, the voices of fear, perhaps, when those voices are absent, and that makes me feel joy, I think. Hmm. I'm wondering if, um, so, so when you're completely present, it's almost as if you turn up the volume on life itself, because mm. you com- become so aware of what's going on, so be it coming back to my example of nature, being completely present in nature and really seeing the beauty, the colors, using all the senses. That's an expansive emotional experience. And the expansive experience for me is also related to to happiness. Hmm. And we only have access to that if we are present. I think so. Because smells smell more and sights are brighter and tastes are finer and so on when we're present. Right? But what about, you know, if the taste is actually pretty disgusting and the smell is awful? Or nature we, is um, mosquitoes. Yeah. Is, it, it, what's the relationship then with happiness? Just because yeah. you're super present with a mosquito, will you become more happy? Uh, I, I won't, I think. I'm not sure if I get unhappy by mosquitoes, but they certainly annoy me, as you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and then then we have when we talk about happiness uh, with with many of, of the groups that we have the opportunity to meet with, it's this idea of what comes first. Is it does happiness come before? What is the happiness equation again? It's work work now to become happy later, or be happy today and yeah, yeah. So this is the um... this is Acre. Yeah, so this is Sean Acre. Essentially, what what he says is that we. We, um, what we normally do in life is that we say, well, if only we are success- successful today, we will be happy tomorrow. And what he argues is that uh, we got it completely the wrong way around. We should focus on being happy today because that will lead to success tomorrow. So the, the formula is the, the other way around. So not only does success not lead to happiness, um it's uh the problem is with with that equation success leads to happiness is that when we are at tomorrow we're still saying tomorrow i'll be happy when i'm and i'm successful in something else we're always putting happiness beyond the horizon of our cognitive experience something like that um the other way around is don't work don't work on success. Don't don't worry too much about that. Just in the moment, um, do all you can to be happy, and then that will lead to success. So your will become more. Um, your company will be more profitable if you focus on happiness in the moment, for example. So how do you do that? How do you 
focus on happiness in the moment. I think uh, I'm wondering also if maybe some terminology here because it's easy to uh, mix up, you know, pleasure, the pleasurable activities with some kind of deeper happiness yeah. or, um, you know, the, the, the fun element, the excitement yeah. of of doing something uh, or, or the reward of getting something, the, the momentary yeah. emotion of feeling amazing because you just won the lottery, let's say. That's the... I think yeah. we've talked about that before, yeah. and we know that that's that goes down pretty quickly. You have a peak, and then it takes whatever it is two yeah. months. I can't remember, and then then yeah. you're back to normal. So it's not sustainable. So 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 the peaks and valleys we I suppose we have when it comes to feeling amazing in terms of uh, momentary pleasurable activities, but the kind of baseline, the the happiness baseline, yeah. is what we are really focusing or putting the spotlight on right now not not saying that the other the other stuff is not also it's fun that's what you know that's also great yeah yeah so pleasurable activities is part of happiness it's just not the only thing Mm. and when we start to uh, confuse hedonism so just seeking pleasure in life with seeking joy in life which is much bigger uh, than just pleasure. So joy involves a lot more than just pleasure. And what you refer to, uh, I think psychologists call it hedonic adaptation. So the idea that when we get something that we want, pleasure or material wealth or you know, a new car or whatever, that because our psychology in, in our psychology we adapt quite quickly to having that new car for example we uh, we lose the the joy of it quite quickly and we so every time we acquire stuff to make us feel good because of hedonic adaptation we we lose quite quickly the the the, the sense of joy out of that new piece of kit or car or whatever it might be um so therefore pleasure is not the only part of uh joy or happiness and one other part i guess that's really important is purpose doing something for the doing something for the purpose beyond ourselves so call it common good or humanity or whatever um yeah when um, and when you say purpose i mean that might be difficult in itself to articulate to really get to so, so why am i here i mean that's that's a question that i think many of us spend a lifetime on and then we find it momentarily again and then we might challenge it and we might come back and revise it and so on depending on where we are in life but um but the purpose then connected also to to how, how am i doing that which to me is is a lot about values which we also talked about in in the podcast before but understanding how I live my values and when some of my values are in conflict. So making a deliberate choice of which value is the guiding value in a certain um, in a certain aspect of, of my life and accepting that 
which comes back to presence, hmm. saying, this is what it is right now. So this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm guided by my value of uh, freedom, let's say, which then means I cannot always also at the same time have the opposite of freedom. Not at the same time. I can have it over a lifetime, but not at the same time. And then accepting that, which is to me, I suppose, the presence. So I cannot be here where we are right now and at the same time expect to have a, well, maybe this is silly, but you know, a, a pedicure, which might be really nice mm -hmm. because I'm in the middle of nature and that's not going to happen. So, mm -hmm. Or hot water, if that wasn't hot water which sometimes is the case in this village. But, you know, mm. today we had hot water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, I think we're firmly in the space of philosophy here um, because some people would disagree with us, right? Hedonists in particular would say, there's no other happiness than pleasure. There's nothing. I mean, there's no such thing as purpose. There's no, there's no purpose to life. The purpose to life is to seek pleasure. That's the only purpose to life. That's what hedonists would would say is the purpose of life. So, I guess what we're 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 saying we don't agree with hedonists. There he is. <laughs> oh, that's our donkey. I hope he's recorded on the podcast. He's 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 awake now. He sounds like he's being slaughtered, but he's, <laughs> he's not. He does this every morning. Yeah, <laughs> unless he uh, unless he you know comes back to life every night and then slaughtered every morning. I don't think that's the case. I think it, this is his happy noise <laughs> because he lives in a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Happy donkey. So, um, yeah, so, so I guess what we're saying is that we believe, it's not necessarily that, it's not true as such. We believe there's more to happiness than just pleasure seeking. Um, so what is there? to happiness apart from pleasure seeking then I think it's quite helpful to look at some other elements of happiness because we're not saying that pleasure is not part of happiness no, it's just no, not no. the only part of happiness uh, one thing that's been very obvious to me in the last couple of years I suppose is how important honesty or truth is for for happiness and, and for me and uh I suppose what I mean by that is to, first of all, realizing if I'm not honest to myself, if I'm not true to myself, mm. and how do I know that I'm not? That requires a practice in its own right to kind of check in with all the layers yeah. mm. at any moment in time to then be able to uh, to do something with it. Mm. So, so, so that has become really important to me uh, in terms of the, the happiness equation, if you like. Mm. So I'm really driven by that right now. So this, let's unpack that a little bit, because what you're really talking about is personal values. So first of all, you decide uh, that truth and honesty is important to you. Okay, so one thing is personal values, yeah. But I think what I'm talking about here is the realization of what is going on at a pretty deep psychological level in any type of situation and how I voice that truth to myself and to others. Mm. So it's realizing what's going on emotionally, what, what reaction am I having, where is it coming from, and do I know where it's coming from? And if I know that and realize where it's coming from, is it still there or does it change? Because I can then say, okay, I see where this is coming from, but it's actually not relevant in this situation. Will it then go away? Mm. 
Or is there something that is growing because it's super relevant? Mm. So it, that's not necessarily, that's not values, but the value of honesty, I suppose, you could say is a value. Mm. But to me, this is much more about the experience, the somatic experience and being able to go d- deeper in the somatic experience. Mm. And this is not possible if you're not present. So no. presence comes back here as yeah. well again. Yeah. What what else is, is there to happen? As Relationships. Today? Right. I think so. I think we, um, even introverts like us, um, who enjoy solitude uh, a lot, human beings are social animals. We, we, um, we love our relationships, even the, um, the introverts like us. So being around people that we like, love, enjoy, um, that give us a good feeling, that... Um, gives positive emotions, I guess, is a part of happiness. So part of being here is being here with friends and um, hanging out. I mean, how lucky are we to be able to hang out for 72 hours in this beautiful place with our friends and just hanging out and and, and having these dialogues is uh, something that, I, that makes that that I really experience as joy. So I talked to uh, one of our friends who's here. <laughs> we talked about exactly this yesterday. You know, the different settings that we find ourselves in, where we sometimes almost check out from a setting or a group of friends because we feel that the connection is lost, either because the conversations are are going in a direction that we, we don't connect with, we don't feel that we have anything to contribute or we even judge what's going on. So mm. we judge others. Um, and we just don't feel at home. And then we have other connections where we don't even think about it or other settings where we don't even think about it because we're so in the moment, Mm. so present, so in it, that this meta-awareness is not necessarily even there until Mm. we come out of it. So we're almost like a flow state because we're connected and in deep deep dialogue or, or deep understanding or or sharing whatever experience it might be, which might be in silence, not necessarily in a dialogue. So this flow state, I think, is another another distinct element of happiness. So the what do we mean by flow state? It's the the feeling of being so engrossed in an activity that which could be related to relationships, but it doesn't have to be. Um, I mean, I always give the example, the slightly nerdy example of, you know, if you like spreadsheets, then you could spend an hour or two building a beautiful spreadsheet, uh, Excel sheet, um, and you lose time. And my God, what happened to the time? I just was completely going into this. You're in flow. Um, So we might get in flow lose the time completely when we're in deep dialogue. Other people might get that. Um, Or we might also get that from other activities, other experiences. So this feeling of flow is um, something that I think is an important element of happiness. Mm. 
And another conversation I had yesterday with one of our other friends here is we started talking about yoga. Uh, and and uh, I have been I've been out of my practice for for a while, so I'm, I'm kind of coming. It's irregular at the moment, so I'm coming and going. Um, and yoga is it's been part of my life for a very long time, and it's been one of the practices I've had to to be very present to connect with myself to I mean also the physical well-being the mental well-being so many things are connected to yoga the yoga practice for me it's a it's like a, a life philosophy also uh, and then it's been very regular and 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 he said so so how often do you do it and and you know how does this work and then I realized when I'm out of my practice it's, I find it really difficult to get back into it so the resistance to roll out the mat and go and stand on the mat, the resistance is very high. And when I'm on it, I enter, I'm very close to, to some kind of flow state. It's mm. a very happy moment. Not always pleasurable. So mm. let's take that exactly. bit away. Exactly. It's not always pleasurable, but it's definitely happiness. Yeah. Uh, so why do I have that resistance? Yeah. So usually for me, it's because there's another pleasurable, exactly. short-term activity yeah. taking me away from the mat. Yeah. Which yesterday was everybody else was sitting around the pool having a beer. Yeah, I could also, I did that too, but I didn't have two, right? Yeah. So, you 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 see how? Yeah. Well, you know how this works. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is really interesting. It's a really good example, right? So pleasure, an example of the distinction between pleasure and happiness, joy. So one thing might give us pleasure, but it doesn't give us joy in the long term. It gives us pleasure in the short term. The other thing might not give us immediate pleasure. You're actually saying it's not necessarily always pleasurable on the mat, but it will give you joy in the long term. So this is a really, really great example. The um, I mean, we 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 had almost talked in this um, in this podcast recording about the uh, social dilemma, the film that's now extremely popular on Netflix, and the use of the phone, and we've been playing around a little bit with it. But that's a great example. There's so much pleasure on the phone. It gives us instant gratification, instant dopamine hits. Um, hundreds, thousands of them a day, potentially. It doesn't necessarily provide us with joy. So, so for us to be quite clear about the distinction between pleasure and happiness um, is, I think, is very important. Hmm. What else is there? So if it's not just pleasure, it is flow, it's positive relations, it's purpose we've talked about. Presence. Presence, living your personal values, truth. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I mean, you can you can say that anything uh, you can you can uh, include anything in purpose. It really depends on what you mean by purpose, which I think is relating to where you are in your own personal development journey. So mm. that's what I mean when the purpose might shift. So, so, so the deliberate living, the deliberate life purpose, I probably think is a foundation, but I also think sometimes if we get too hung up or too attached to it, we might not even notice when it's, slightly changing mm. so sometimes i think the lightness and the play and the just being mm. 
perhaps helps also in happiness. So it's mm. just it's just life. It just is. Yeah. So I don't know what to call that. Well, these these are not always aligned. Mm. So when we do something for the, for our bigger purpose, for for you know meaning, uh, it's not necessarily pleasurable. I'll, I'll give you an example. Sometimes we have to hang out with people that we find annoying um, because it's important for us, for our overall bigger purpose, which is important for joy in a bigger bigger purpose. So hanging out with annoying people is not necessarily fun, but we do it. So another example is sometimes you're doing um, yoga poses that are uncomfortable certainly not pleasurable but you do it so the pleasure in that moment is not necessarily there but you do it because it's part of your overall plan for joy so they're not always aligned mm. no and and um, talking about what we're doing here we're integrating quite a few things mm. so you could say in the traditional sense that there's some holiday element to what we're doing right now there's community building with a purposeful uh, group of people who, mm. who wants to get together um, for for um, you know sh we're sharing some some of the purpose we're sharing. Mm. Uh, we are doing some client work because we happen now to be in the same physical location and it makes it easier for us to do some of the work that we need to do. Um, and and then anything else that just surrounds a pleasurable mm. experience, which is nature, the food. The Spanish little village with the people here, uh, the uh, physical movement, the hiking, mm. the sun, which gives the body some, you know, it, it feels good to just be in the light and feel the warmth of the sun. Mm. So so everything is kind of, it's coming together here. So if, if, if I were to, you know, how many points do these days get? They get quite a few points in terms of living values, purpose. Yeah. On the happiness, on the scale of happiness, I, yeah. I'd say yeah. there's no surprise that this is a happy place yeah. to us yeah. because it's scoring really high on everything that we talked about. Yeah. So I want to make one other point about happiness. Um, and it's about, um, it, there's a formula here as well. And it's sort of the, the um, happiness or joy equals uh, the joy we find in life divided by the expectations we have of life. So what we can do is seek lots of opportunities, not just for pleasure, right, but for anything that improves our joy. So it could be purpose, it could be positive relations, it could be success, it could be flow, it could be whatever, right? But we can also lower our expectations of life. So if we lower our expectations of life, then to um, then we, um, according to this formula, we will need less uh, absolute joy in our life, because relative joy, because our expectations are lower. Means, will mean that our joy in the end is higher. So to give you an example, you know this example, the, the lockdown carrot, right? So the lockdown carrot example was 
I, mean, I might have mentioned it in a podcast before, but um, I was at one point somewhere in the second half of March eating a carrot. And I was really, really, and I had this huge sense of joy about eating a carrot. It was a very delicious carrot. And I had this reflection that it was just as joyful as a Michelin star dinner I had in the last time I had I had dinner in Helsinki in the first week of March. It was a really good restaurant. And it was beautiful and lovely and, you know, typical Michelin star food. And I realized this carrot is just as good as that dinner. So obviously the absolute joy of a Michelin star dinner, if you would measure that, is probably higher than a carrot. My expectations of that carrot are much lower than the expectations of a Michelin star food. So the relative joy I get out of a carrot might be much higher even than the relative joy I get of a, out of a Michelin star dinner. So this is, I think, really important that we, one way we can actually improve prove our sense of joy in life is by desiring less of things that we don't have so desire what you have rather than desire what you don't have want what you have don't want what you don't have a stoic principle we've talked about the hedonic philosophy and now we're talking about the stoic philosophy mm. shall we leave it there I think so. Yeah, it's, uh, this, we can talk a lot more, I think, but this yeah. is a good start. <laughs> well, we can continue. Let's just call this part one yeah. and, and we can continue. I think we definitely should come back to the Stoics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, um, we, uh, we, we've done this before. We leave uh, listeners hanging with a, um, what do you call this again? A uh, cliffhanger. cliffhanger. And then we never come back to it. <laughs> well, that may well happen. <laughs> we might derail. <laughs> but for now, we're going to day. Go. One day. <laughs> We're going to go and enjoy the happy plate. We're actually, we are on breakfast duty. So we are uh, cooking breakfast for our friends now. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Great. Yeah. We'll leave it like that, I think. Yeah.